This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Harry's for guys who want a great shave experience at a fraction of what you're paying now. And just in time for Father's Day, get $5 off the limited edition Father's Day set by entering the promo code FOOL when you check out at harrys.com. It's Thursday, June 9th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Deep Value, Ron Gross. Hey, hey. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday to you. It's good to be here. It's always it's good to be anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Life is good. That's the old joke, right? It's like uh, it's good to be here, but at my age, it's good to be anywhere. Exactly. Uh, we've got some. You know what we've got? We've got two consumer-facing stocks that are going in very different directions. What is one is hitting an all-time high, and what is what, the other one is hitting an all-time low? We're also going to dip into the full mailbag. Let's start with the low. Uh, holy cow! Uh, restoration hardware. The first quarter results were bad. The guidance for the full fiscal year were worse, and uh, yeah, uh, was worse. <laughs> and uh, and the stock's down twenty one percent. It is hitting. Yeah, at all time and low. you you nailed it right there. Um, a really weak quarter, but even worse than that is the slashing of the guidance, which investors just despise, especially institutional investors. And not only is our shares off, as you said, twenty ish percent, but they're down sixty five percent for the year. Um, and the company's really struggling. They blamed, um, this is a quote, headwinds in the markets impacted by energy and currency. Now, this is a furniture company. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, okay, fine. Um, and then they also comment a slowdown in the luxury consumer market, which I guess I can buy, although people like William Sonoma recently reported strong, uh, a strong quarter. So, there's, there's, there's a lot of things going on here. A few things stick out that the company really needs to kind of turn the corner on. The first is that their new modern furniture line, which they call RH Modern, seems appropriate, um, has had real inventory problems, production delays. There's not enough stuff for people to buy, and those delays are hurting hurting the top line, hurting revenue growth. Um, The other thing is they're trying to move away from discounting. And to do that, they're moving towards a membership model, which is you pay a hundred dollars a year, and then you get twenty-five percent off on merchandise as a result. All merchandise? Uh, um, theoretically, I'm going to say yes. Let's say most merchandise for the purposes of this. Um, that may be a good idea, but it's, they're struggling to gain traction. They're not selling those memberships as quickly as they would like, and they're let's call it a lag between the revenue they want and the revenue they're getting. Um, the best scenario would be a lag. If this doesn't gain traction at all, then then that's trouble for them. And then the third thing I'll call out is that their direct business, their largely their e-commerce business, was actually down four percent for the quarter, which we're not. That that's not a good number to see. You're seeing companies like William Sonoma um, just crushing it online. Eight point two percent increase for. Uh, William Sonova over the last quarter for their e-commerce segment, um, so so that's not good either. Perhaps luxury furniture doesn't necessarily lend itself to direct um, type of um, selling, but that's just one of several things that the company really needs to fix. Yeah, so we're wrapping up this quarter where some and and I will include myself in that um, will say that the dominant story to the extent that any corner. Any quarter has a dominant story. Mm. Uh, this most recent quarter, it's retail, yeah. and in, and in particular, if you want to break it out further, general retail is really struggling. Uh, niche retail, some of them are doing better. Yep, some. Mm-hmm. But this, I mean, which that, that that's what makes um, 
predicting the stock market in general and even sectors in particular so hard. Because if you had told me a year ago, hey, what what in an environment with very low gas prices and very low interest rates, um, where unemployment is relatively strong, what do you what do you think retail is going to do? I would not have said. It's going to be terrible, <laughs> right? Right. You probably wouldn't have predicted that. So the fact that people aren't spending um, makes one scratch one's head, um, and it, it's hard to predict. But you are absolutely correct. That appears to be the theme. Retail is just a disaster of late. And the fact that they are having so many problems that are completely within their control. They restoration hardware. There's no retailer that can control currency headwinds. That's out of their control. But all of the operational problems they're having, all of the inventory challenges they're having, that's completely in their control. So, uh, like, I know that there are some investors who think, okay, the stock down 20%, as you said, down 65%. It's at an all-time low since it went public in 2012. Yeah. There are going to be investors who look at this and think, well, gosh, this has got to be the bottom. But all of the problems that they're having that are totally in their control make me think, stay the heck away from this that's thing. A, that's a really good point. So, when you see a company that needs to turn around, do a turnaround of, of any kind, and, and that turnaround is within their power, like you said, I mean, that can sometimes be an amazing investment to jump on, but it's hard to know when. Like uh, Panera. Was having trouble of its own making, and what did it do? It made the right decisions and it turned that business. And if you had jumped in when things were really doomy and gloomy, that would have been a great decision. But it's so hard to predict the future. You really have to know management and their ability to execute, and that's sometimes so hard to to really analyze. And in the case of Panera, you had a situation where Ron Shake, the CEO, came out and and sort of called out his own. Yeah. Company's problems and 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 completely owned it. And he, you know what, Ron Shake didn't do. He didn't talk about currency headwinds. <laughs> he didn't say that's why we're struggling. Um, let's move on to J M Smucker. And I think for a lot of people, you hear Smucker, you automatically think delicious jams and jellies. Of course. And they sell a lot. They are selling a lot more than just that. Because this most recent quarter is uh, seeing their stock up seven percent today and hitting an all-time high. Yeah, I followed the stock for a long time. I actually recommended it back in January two thousand and nine. Um, incidentally, at that time, I had never had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich ever, and so prior to recommending this stock, I made sure that uh, I made myself one, and it was delicious, by the way. But I will admit that even after that, I've never had another one ever again. What? I don't. I don't even know why. I, I like peanut butter and I like jelly. It just never happens to to come up. Well, to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. What did you? Uh, <laughs> we'll get back to jams. Yeah. Whoops. We'll get back to Jam Smucker's. Uh, uh, report in a second. <laughs> when little Ron Gross is going to elementary school, what were you having for lunch? What was like, it's probably like a turkey sandwich? I'll, I'll I'll make fun of myself a little bit more. I've never had a bowl of Kraft macaroni and cheese. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like I grew up, you know, eating filet mignon for 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 lunch. It just never came up. Macaroni and cheese is a delicious thing, and, and you should uh, maybe not. Maybe I make it for my kids all the time. All right, maybe maybe in the winter. Maybe it's, we're not really in mac and cheese weather. But anyway, let's go back. All right, to so this, this report, though this this was a really strong report. They they beat expectations. They guided higher than analysts were even expecting. So the exact opposite of Restoration Hardware. Uh, specifically, their coffee and their pet business were the high points. They made a big acquisition of Big Heart Pet Brands recently, which you might know because of Milkbone or Meow Mix um, brands. 
And they now are the manufacturer of Dunkin' Donuts K-Cups for the Keurig, and that um, was a big help for this quarter as well. Um, Folgers, they recently lowered their prices on Folgers. That's actually worked well. So, the company's putting up really strong numbers. Uh, Coffee was up 9%, sales in their consumer food segment was up 5%, um, gross margins widened. The stock has done really, really well. It's up 27% year-to-date. not necessarily cheap, but it's also not expensive at about eight times full year guidance. Pays a nice two percent dividend yield. Nice company to own. I'm just clicking through their website. All of their brands that they have, and this we've seen over the past few years, companies larger than J.M. Smucker, Procter and Gamble, Colgate, Palmolive are two that come to mind who have employed a strategy of shedding their brands because they were just dealing with too many. Um, those are consumer staples companies that also have, at, at various times, food products with them. This is very much a, a food and, and, and pet food company. They yep. haven't really gone into consumer products, per se. But hats off to whoever's running this company and, and that management team, because you don't you don't um, execute at this level. You don't bring in more brands year over year and execute at this high level unless uh, unless you're you're a top performer. Absolutely right. Um, the majority of acquisitions either do not add value or destroy value. And when you find a management team that is capable of doing it well, that's really something to hang on to. I remember back in 2009 when they were contemplating adding Folgers, acquiring Folgers, which was going to be a huge acquisition for them. And, and that was one of the main risks. Uh, what's going to happen here? Are they going to be able to integrate this well? Is this going to destroy value? And, and they've done a, a really great job. Before we dip into the full mailbag, I've got to say a word about Harry's, because Father's Day is coming soon. What are your kids going to be getting you for Father's Day? Um, probably some like golf lessons or something golf-related, I would guess. All right. Well, this is an audio podcast, so no one can see this, <laughs> but I, I, I'm asking our listeners to trust us when I say that Ron Gross could use a shave right about now. <laughs> Perhaps. Um, uh, Harry's is fantastic. I've been using their stuff for a couple of years, and I, I got to say, I just love it. I, I love the... I've heard that you're a fan of the shaving cream. I've I, actually heard that through the grapevine in, in, in the halls really? here at Full HQ. No, it's true. It's true. And, and I said this the other day, that like you get to a point in your life, if you're a guy... I think, I think I'm sort of uh, typical of, of most guys in that you get to a point in your life where you're shaving and you're just... You're, you're on autopilot. Absolutely. You're not thinking about it. You're, you know, whatever razor you're using, you've probably been using it forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why you know you should check out harrys.com, because uh, for Father's Day, they've got this great gift set. It includes uh, a matte black razor handle, a chrome razor stand, uh, moisturizing foaming shave gel, three of the uh, blade cartridges, a travel cover, all for 40 bucks. It comes That's in this a, great box. Actually, a pretty good deal. Um, yeah, it's a great deal. And let me make it even better for you. Use the promo code FOOL when you check out on harrys.com. You get $5 off with your first purchase. Nice. So check that out. Go to harrys.com, H A R R Y S, harrys.com. I love this stuff. I'm, I'm definitely a big fan. I'm going to try. Um, marketfoolery at fool.com is our email address from Aaron Wellick. Next time you're in the mood to make reckless predictions, please consider this one. <laughs> That's what I do for a living. <laughs> I, 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 love any, I love any email that starts that way. Um, what is your favorite pick for a dividend aristocrat of the future? 
Aaron uses a phrase I'm unfamiliar with, but you're very familiar with. For our listeners, uh, what is a dividend aristocrat? A dividend aristocrat is any company in the S&P 500 that has increased its dividend for 25 or more consecutive years. So, a company that's a t- nice run. That's a nice run. <laughs> Typically, a very strong company that produces a lot of cash flow. Maybe not a, a huge growth company anymore, but a, a nice producer of cash flow that is. Um, not afraid to share it with its with its shareholders year after year, um, and and increasing it too, which is which is always nice to see. Um, he goes on to ask uh, a well. Well, he wants he he, I was wants, say, he two, wants he wants me to recklessly yeah. predict. Yeah, recklessly so predict. I, I won't. I don't know what companies, and he doesn't want me to guess like next year because he says that's too easy. Um, he, um, so. I don't know what's going to be in the S and P five hundred, you know, five or, or ten years out. That um, is that is the tricky but, thing about this question is that. So I'm going to ignore that part of the every question. year. Standard and Poor's takes a few companies, bumps them out of the S and P five hundred, yeah. and puts a few new ones in. So this is very timely because I earlier in the week I happened to be in um, a meeting with several analysts who were pitching dividend stocks. Um, and one caught my eye. It's Rollins. It's a pest control company, most noticeable to people because of its Orkin brand. Um, and it's a really nice company, uh, owned and operated by the Rollins family for the most part. Um, and, and they do a great job, and, and they make acquisitions, and they do a wonderful, as we were discussing earlier, they integrate them really well. So they've had 14 consecutive years of a minimum of 12% or more increase in the dividend. So, I think that would be a company that's probably on its way to being an aristocrat or aristocrat-like company. Um, only a 1.4% dividend yield right now, but that's going to continue to grow. Uh, his follow-up question, what current, what current dividend aristocrats do you think will leave the group the soonest? The energy companies look like they're having a tough run right now. Are there others you think are at risk of dropping out of the club soon? I gotta say, one of the things I like about this yep. is to be an aristocrat. Uh-huh. It's it's not five years, it's not ten years. It's a high bar. It's a, yeah, it's a really high bar. So I won't name any specific names, but we can talk sectors. I think energy is absolutely the right one that he calls out. Um, now companies, especially whose balance sheets are too high, highly levered, too much debt, have had to really tighten um, their belt and and. One of the things they can do is cut dividends when they need to conserve cash. Um, some industrial companies, especially those that rely on mining and agriculture, are going through some very difficult times right now, and they have to tighten their belts. Again, dividend cutting is, is one way that can happen. And then financials are always ready to blow up at any time. You never know. Every 10 years or so, you're going to get some kind of blow up in a financial, and uh, you could see a dividend cut uh, in that industry as well. Two housekeeping notes before we wrap up today. Uh, got a couple of uh, email from listeners about iTunes Desktop, which is, has been a little buggy lately. So some of our episodes haven't been showing up there. I, I don't know. Oh, we've reached out to iTunes. We haven't heard back. Uh, I, it's one of those situations where we, I take solace in the fact that we're not the only ones who are having this <laughs> issue. So, uh, but you know what? That's why it's good to have backup. That's why it's good to have backup systems. Because iTunes Mobile is not having any trouble, and and certainly it's showing up on Stitcher and Spotify and all the other places you can get our our five podcasts. Uh, we've talked recently about our Fool Fest investing conference that we had a few weeks ago, and I'm happy to say that once again we've got a digital pass to the event. It is uh, videos of the most popular sessions, including. Five stocks for the next decade. David Gardner talking about the stocks on his watch list. Uh, presentations by 
Morgan Housel, Brian Hinman, uh, Tim Hansen, a, a whole bunch of breakout sessions covering options, uh, retirement planning, all sorts of things. Um, you've spent a little time over at Full Fund. It's always oh, fun, yeah. isn't uh, it? Always. It's highlight of the year, always, because you, you get to not only hear great people speak, whether they be fools or people from the outside, but you get to shake hands and, and chat with all our members um, instead of just uh, typing with them uh, on our message board. So, just really wonderful to get to meet everyone. So, check out you can check out the video highlights uh, of the Digital Pass. Go to digitalpass.fool.com slash foolery. Let me say that again, <laughs> please do. And you know what? I will put this. You, I'll, I'll put this uh, address in the description of the podcast. Uh, Digitalpass.fool.com/slash/foolery. Check out the video highlights from our Digital Pass. Ron Gross from Model Fool Deep Value. Thank you for being here, man. My pleasure. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.